Good morning. Lights, camera. Oh, thank you. Let's stand. We got a new song. Ready to worship? Yes. <laughs>
wanted to get the juices flowing, right, Lloyd? Yes. Yeah. Have a seat, please. Thank you. I did meet a few people. Uh, that was their first time. I didn't get to meet everyone. But if this is your first, maybe your second time, please, please fill out the registration in your bulletin. It rips off. And then drop that in the offering plate when it comes around a little bit later. We would ask you to please, again, read the different things. Lord's Supper coming up, baptism coming up, our membership class coming up. Those are all on there. And when people ask us, we could tell you, just check this. Um, and that would be great. All right. Two things also. One is our online giving has changed, and I do not understand all of this, so I'm just going to basically quickly tell you that as of September the 1st, we will be moving off of PushPay to Church Center for our online giving. It went up thousands of dollars, thousands, PushPay. So, um, and we've been taking advantage anyway of the new one, right, for a while anyway. Um, so we're moving away from push pay, going to church center. You can also download the app called church center, uh, or you can go on our website and, it, and you can still give that way. You can also use Apple pay or Google pay. I know nothing about what any of that means. I really don't. And I really don't care to know. I still write a check. So anyway, the other thing to uh, make mention is our family care ministry is taking off, going gung-ho, and Nicole's doing that, running that, doing a great job trying to take care of people's needs in the church family. But here's a couple of things for you to be thinking about. Uh, the more people we have that say, yeah, I can provide a meal if you need one, or, yep, I can, I can take somebody to a doctor's appointment if they need one, the more, you, the more we've got, then the less any one person has to do it. So I know we don't announce this enough, but if you could help out at all, please write that down on the bulletin somewhere. I would be glad to help with the family care, uh, a meal or taking a ride. And let us know that um, because that, that just would help tremendously. All right, I think that's about it. Now let's stand one more time and welcome somebody around you to church.
know that there is no other name. No other name that brings healing and peace and triumph all at the same time. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you with all that we are and all that we we can, Father. We long for the day that we see your face to be able to sing what a powerful name. This morning as we collect our tithes and offering, we pray that you would use it for your glory and for your kingdom so that others may know the name of Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, do you have your sermon outlines ready? Okay, listen, today is the last. Oh, before I do that, y'all notice anything different up here about the decor? Did I hear somebody say a chair? Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, see, you didn't hardly know that, so that means it's okay. I, uh, we had a couple in our church goes to the first service, and he said, you just look so uncomfortable on that little stool, and I said, well, really not. I mean, you know, but so he went out and got the chair, and, and it wouldn't go low enough, so he had to fix it, and so I just feel like I got to use it. So, but, but I have to say, it'll swing around, so if I, if I get mad at you, I can just, you know, turn around like that. And so anyway, last sermon in the series on trusting God through tough times. And we've covered a lot of things uh, that are tough in life. And today what I want to talk about is a kind of a weird sounding um, title, When the Unthinkable Happens. And you're probably thinking all these scenarios in your mind. It won't be that at all, I assure you. Um, Because I'm going to ask you to get your mind around a certain word and a theme and a thought and ask you to be able to keep that uh, as we go through the message. First of all, I'm going to tell you, folks, there is no place I'd rather be than right here on Sunday. I mean, I, I love this church. I love you people. 
and I love preaching and being here. Um, what God has been doing has been unbelievable. Uh, so just let you know, there's no place I would rather be. Um, someone said that the world's a stage and we each must play a part. I think it was Elvis that saying that. No, it was. Love me tender. Um, and what I'd like to do is just, just try to engage you in a little survey. How many of you, in, in when you that do watch television at all, you like the kind of unscripted television? They call it the reality shows, though I have a problem with that because I'm thinking, how can it be reality if there's a, somebody filming it? How can you be lost and about to die if there's a camera on you? But nevertheless, um, uns, unscripted television, um, Dancing with the Stars or... America's Next Hot Pastor, things like that, you know, that they come up with. But truthfully, how many of you like the, the kind of unscripted, reality type show? All right, I knew that was going to be not as many. But how many of you then, of course, you obviously like the scripted shows the best, you know, like the uh, CSI and Crime Scene Investigation and Law and Order and all that. But I am going to tell you that I honestly do know the Lord's two favorite TV shows, Andy Griffith and Home Improvement. Those two are his favorite all time. And there's a reason for that. Now, I did learn this week, you know, when you Google things now, everything pops up. And so I did learn about, and, and by the way, I'm not exaggerating. The Lord knows my heart. I'm telling you the exact truth. I have, ne I, I just do not watch the, these type of TV shows, Andy, yeah, uh, Home Improvement, yeah, Gunsmoke, yeah, and Sports. And that's just about it. Um, I have never seen an, any episode on a movie or a TV of Star Wars, not one. Um, don't care to. Uh, the crime scene investigation and all that, whodunits, you know, I, I just, I've never, never watched any of that. But I did, when I was Googling this, I, something popped up that I didn't even know was a show. And I, would, I want you to be honest, if you've watched it, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 10 or 12, called Glee. Anybody? Raise your hand. If you saw Glee, not, that's all? Well, all right, all right. Well, if you don't, and, that, and people that watched it and really liked it were called Gleeks. Some of you may remember that. They're called Gleeks. Um, I'm guessing that many of you don't watch it, but it was, what I found out was it was the number one show in America. Never before has any show ever been nominated for 19 Emmys. It did. Uh, it involved singing and dancing, and then they would sell the soundtracks to the general public. And in season one, it sold more singles than Elvis Presley. I, I couldn't believe that. And to me, it was the, so they showed a little clip of it, and it's the dumbest concept. I mean, here's a high school where the jocks and the nerds and the cheerleaders, they're all in this singing class. You know, and they're performing, they're singing and dancing and so forth. Um, so I don't, I don't get that. But, and by the way, if you haven't heard or not, Hollywood, right now, the Hollywood writers are on strike, and I don't know what I'm going to do with them, you know. Anyway, the secret, the secret to any successful scripted show, the ones that you probably like, is not the people who are out front, in front of the camera, famous, making all the money. The genius, I want you to write this down, because I want you to get your mind and your heart around this thought. 
The genius is behind those who write the script. Amen? It really is. I mean, Andy wouldn't be Andy in Home Improvement without somebody that wrote all that funny stuff. But when, and, and, and I, I'm leading into something here, so just stay with me. Many of you know by now, if you, you're fairly new, you, pro, you don't know. But in 1961, Elvis came here and made a movie. And it was called Follow That Dream. And I was fortunate enough in the fourth grade to be chosen to be a part of that set. So I got to spend a month and a half out at Yankee Town in a man-made beach with Elvis and uh, the, all the other stars on the show. And uh, we were not the biggies. We were the stand-ins. I mean, when they wanted to get the cameras just right and the, uh, everything just right, we would sit there in, in the heat sweating. And then when, it, when they wanted the real thing, we'd have to get out and the real guys would get in. Um, the only part we were ever in was at the very beginning of the movie where they're going across the bridge in the old car. That was down in Tampa. Uh, no bridge like that up here. Um, but nevertheless, we had a script. They gave us a script. And in that script, um, it would tell you where each scene was going to be taken, whether it was going to be, it would say beach scene or it would say Courthouse Ocala, Courthouse Inverness, or Bridge Tampa. And it would, it would tell you that, and then it would tell you there was a script, the songs that he was going to sing, and where they would, those songs would go. And then the script itself, the actual script, was pages and pages and pages of dialogue. So they took all the mystery really away. Um, those people are not as smart as they seem, because they would just learn little things, it would be one shot. You know, and then they'd move on to the next. But here's the thing. I want you to get your mind around that word script. And here's what I want you to be thinking about your script that you've been writing for yourself. You got that? Your script, what you would write for your life. And I want you to think about the tension that comes when you're writing your script where you're the star of the show and you're going to live happily ever after because it's in your script. And I want you to think about that and the tension that results when God's script is over here and what God wants you to do. And you're not the star of the show, but you, you get to play, play a supporting cast member. And I know that there are people who come to church, and we are so glad that you're here, but a lot of times they're new and new to the faith or maybe new to the Bible, and they don't have any idea what is in God's script. This is God's script. Amen? In fact, I want you to write this word down because think about it. This is actually the Bible, but we call it what? Scripture. We call it Scripture. Okay? So if you don't know anything about it, that's okay. Uh, we're thrilled that you're here. I hope you'll continue to come back week after week and, and, and learn more about it. But even, listen, even if you didn't know a lot about the Bible and that this was God's script, I believe if I were to ask you, who is the main character of the Bible, you would know. You would say God, or you might say Jesus or the Holy Spirit. But for the sake of clarity, let's just say we're going to talk about it being God's script. Now, who in God's plan then are the supporting cast? We are Christians, Christians, me and you as Christians. Now, are you with me? I'm not saying Christian like you're born in America, so you're a Christian or you go to church or your name's on a roll. You could use other words like believer or 
a follower of Christ, um, uh, born again, the person who has given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're in a personal relationship with that God because of the forgiveness of the Son of Jesus Christ on the cross. In other words, listen carefully, it is somebody, and that could be a majority of you, who are really trying to live God's way. You really are wanting to live God's way. Now, so on one side, we have us people that are, you know, we're Christians, and this is what we're supposed to do. On the other side, we have what God is like and what God wants us to do. So where do we get our concept of what God is really like? Well, you may have read it, you know, as you got older. Maybe you started reading your Bible and you read that. But I'm going to tell you, by the way, how many of you went to church when you were a kid? And see, it's a well overwhelming majority of people who went to church when they were a kid. Well, if you grew up in church, most of us got our theology, which just means a study of God. We got our theology through little flannel graph things in Sunday school and little things they might read every now and then and little songs that we would learn. Remember the little song about here's a church house and here's a steeple and open up there and there's all the people. Remember all that? Or the most famous one, Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so yeah there's nothing listen there's nothing wrong with all that but stay with me there comes moments in everyone's life when something happens and I'm going to refer to that today as the unthinkable when the unthinkable happens and I'm saying that word unthinkable because as you and, and I, as we, as we cruise through life and everything is going so well, we would never think that it's going to happen. Things that we've talked about for the last three weeks. So number one, unthinkable to me, is when we, me, when I ad lib and rewrite the script to do what I want to do. When I want to rewrite the script to the way I want it to read. This, listen, this is where we choose to go in and take license and edit God's script of what we're supposed to, to do. Now, I'm going to be honest. I've done that in my life. Have you? There's been times I've tried to rewrite God's script of, of what he really wanted me to do. So I, we're, we're not alone in that. And it was like, as I look back now, it's like saying, God, I, I want to be the star of the show. And, and Lord, uh, since I'm not, um, I'm just going to kind of take things into my own hands since this isn't working out the way I want it to. And I want to rewrite the storyline, but God, I know you love me and God, I love you and you know, I do. And I'll give you some credit, but while you might be down in the bottom, your name down there of, uh, you know, of people that helped, I want to be the main name on the marquee out there. And you can be in the fine print. To me, that is now unthinkable, number one. When I rewrite God's script to the way I want it to be. Now, folks, I've been around long enough and I've met a lot of people that when people rewrite the script to fit them, in other words, they go against the word of God, when they don't do what God says to do or they do what he, you know, they, they don't do what he says to do and they do what he says not to do, whenever that happens, they are rewriting the script that God has for us. Now, are you with me? That may result in a few good episodes for you. 
You may do pretty well in life for a little while, but I'm going to tell you, whenever we get away from God's script, it does not lead to a good season of viewing. Because somewhere along the line, in fact, it may go something like this. Remember that adultery episode? Oh, man, that was hot. That was good. But you know what? When my spouse watched that, the season got canceled. Or remember that episode where I went out and just bought everything? I mean, I went into debt, and I, I, you know, I wasn't worried about it because it was a credit card, and I didn't really think about later scenes in life that I might have to pay for that, and that season got repossessed. Or, you know, I remember that episode, the one that went kind of viral and everybody's still talking about it where I had that anger episode and I said things I shouldn't have said and I was flipping people off and, you know, and being mean to people. Didn't end very well. When we, I want you to write this down. When we rewrite the script to fit our lifestyle choices, are you with me on that? It eventually leads to a painful season of life. It will lead to a painful season of life. To me, that is unthinkable, number one. And as I started last Wednesday night talking about it a little bit, that is happening in every area of our society where we are rewriting God's script to fit our lifestyle choices, Whether no, no matter what it was. And I mean, every area of society, we are doing that. And that to me, that is unthinkable. Unthinkable number two is when it appears like God is getting away from the script. When it sounds like or feels like God is getting away from the script. This is where God doesn't act the way that we think he should act or do the stuff that we think he should do. It's when we pray and ask God to deal with a specific problem, but he doesn't deal with that problem. Here's what happens. We assume that God must be changing the script, you know, um, and it makes it more difficult to trust him. But folks, let me tell you something. As we talked about two weeks ago, God is sovereign, and God in his providence does not change like that. He's got the script for your life down. And, and it's going to happen the way that God wants it to happen. You know, for, um, that five-year-old that was singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Remember that? Fast forward 10 years. And now they're a 15-year-old. Well, if Jesus loves me so much, then why did my dad lose his job? And now we can't pay for anything that we need and we have to move. If Jesus loves me so much, why did my parents split up? If Jesus loves me so much, why does my 15-year-old complexion look like this? See, that 15-year-old will stand now at the mirror every morning and sing that song again. Jesus loves me, this I think, because this zit is the size of the sink. You know, yeah, right? If God loves me so much, then why didn't I get into that college I've been dreaming about? If God loves me so much, why didn't my fiance break the engagement off? If God loves me so much, why can't we have children? If God loves me so much, why are we in bankruptcy? If God loves me so much, why did that loved one die at such a young age? If God loves me that much, fill in your own pain. Because that's what happens in our life. And here's what I've come to experience in my own life and what I've seen in other people's lives. The most critical scenes of God's script 
come when I didn't see them coming. That's what we talked about that first week, when change happens and you don't know it's coming. Those are defining moments and have always been in my life. When that unthinkable happened over here, and once or twice it was because I changed the script and got out of the will of God. And sometimes it was just God and my faith and my trust had to be ramped up some. So I want you to write this down. Faith and trust in God will not be defined when everything goes according to the script. Faith and trust in God will be defined when the unthinkable happens. Please write that down. When the unthinkable happens. That is where your faith and trust in God will be defined. Agree with that, folks? Those of you that have been through it? Folks, it is easy to trust God when his script aligns with yours. But what happens when pain happens? That is where faith and trust grows. I know it may be difficult for some of you to hear coming to church maybe for the first time in a long time or whatever, but what you hear me saying is this. You will be stronger. You will trust more. You will have deeper faith. You will be a more vibrant follower of Jesus Christ when there's pain in your life. We need to tell you that. You know, I was one of those weird ones. If you ask kids today, um, I watch this uh, Little League World Series. I, I love watching that Little League, and I've been watching all them games. And um, I think the championships today. But anyway, watching all them games, and they would ask many questions. Like, What's your favorite subject? It was almost always math and science. Always, math and science, math, all, always. And I was kind of one of those weird ones. If they'd have asked me, I would have said English, you know, because it was. It was my favorite subject. And I can remember even in the seventh and the eighth grade at Chris River Junior High, then they called it, we had a teacher named Miss Haggerty. And Mrs. Haggerty would have us, and I don't remember a lot about when she made us write certain things, but I'll guarantee you we had to write at one time, what do you remember, what do you want to do when you get older? What do you want to do when you grow up? And I'll guarantee you, though I can't remember much of what I said then, chances are it didn't involve pain. And, and neither would yours. Oh, I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to have an incredible uh, college, and then I'll get married, and we're going to have kids, and they're going to be perfect, and they're going to get straight A's, and then I'm going to retire to the beach. That, yeah. I don't know what your script was, but my guess is yours either did not include pain and going through pain. It was not until I was um, almost 20 years old, uh, around 20, that I actually thought deeply about God and about faith. And that is because a couple of unthinkables happened to me then. One, I had left the high school here, and by God's blessing, I was able to get a scholarship to a little school in North Carolina. It was a junior college, actually, only a two-year school, but they, they had been national champions two years in a row. And so I was able to go there, and the very first game, uh, I catch a little flare out, and I plant this foot like this, and then I get hit at the sideline, and I'm facing that way and my knee's that way. And so that ended that. Back then, they didn't, I mean, they put you in a body cast from there to there, and you were in it for eight, ten weeks. Um, and Dr. Farrar, 
uh, came into the uh, hospital room in Ocala, had my cleats and dropped them in the garbage can. So I knew what that meant. Well, less than a year later, my dad died. That was the other unthinkable, only 61 years old. Uh, actually, as I told you before, of a massive heart attack in my arms, actually. And um, I reflect back on that and those things. And it was during those low, low moments when God became real. Now, I don't know why that is, but a lot of times we turn to him in sorrow when we don't in prosperity. And when things were going well, even though I was brought up in church, God was pretty far away in my thought process, in my living. That wasn't in my script. My dad was not only just my dad, but like many back in those days, he taught me how to fish and how to hunt, how you skin a squirrel getting ready for frying, and how you do a turkey and how you skin deer and all that stuff. You know, daddy taught all that stuff. And he died at 61 years of age before he got to see his grandkids that adored him uh, before he could see them grow up. All, my, all of our life, we could not afford, and, and I, I wanted, and it was in my mind, if, if, if I can just get through school and, and get a good paying job, I'm going to buy my daddy a boat and a motor. I mean, a little one, simple. He had never had that, but I didn't get the chance. So I realized as I share some of those pain moments with you that they might be minor to some of you and the pain you've been through because I know that some of you have been very deeply damaged and hurt, and I'm sorry for that. I know it's ugly, I know it's not good, and it wasn't what you had in the script for your life, but I want you to write this down. Because for so many people, when the unthinkable happens, here's what they do. They turn their back on God. They turn their back on God. I am glad that I was weak and it turned me to God because then I was strong. And some people, when the unthinkable happens, even though they may not say I'm turning my back on God, they leave their church and um, abandon the community of believers that God put them in. And I have met, if it's not dozens, maybe hundreds of people in this community over the last 30 years who would say, well, I used to be a follower. Uh, and they'll see me out somewhere. This happens nearly every week somewhere. And they'll say, oh, hey, Pastor Lloyd, how are you doing? How's the church doing? Da, da, da. I say, well, we hadn't seen you in a long time, missed you. And here's what, something they'll say. Well, I don't go to church anymore. I'm just not into that Christian thing anymore. And they're being nice about it. They're not being nasty. And I think to myself, there's a story behind that. It's not that they just, because, you know, it wasn't that they weren't getting good Bible teaching. It wasn't that the music wasn't good or the, the youth or the children wasn't good. They've turned their back because the unthinkable happened in their life. And they're struggling with that. So, write it down. They walk away because the script changed and they didn't know what to do. They thought life was kind of like that high school musical where everybody just sings and dances all the time and all conflict is resolved in one hour. And it doesn't work that way. But you know what? And I hope, I, I hope I'm not the first to tell you this. But that kind of a life was never promised to us. As a matter of fact, Jesus warned us that we were going to have difficult times. Amen. John 16, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. 
here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. I underlined take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. I mean, folks, that is so, to take heart means to trust. It means to depend on him, to have faith. Because, listen, in the end, Jesus wins. And people need to know this. We're not fighting for a battle to win. We're fighting from a battle that's already been won. The cross made it, it's it's done. But we got to go through little skirmishes, you know, in order to, to get there. But the battle's already over. So we can take heart. Remember from last Sunday, God is an eternal God. That means that, and this is so hard, it just boggles my mind sometimes. I get a headache thinking about it. But he knows everything at once from eternity past to eternity future. He knows it all. That's an amazing thing. And and I think he gave people like me I mean, to to get me thinking about that and how in the world can that be? He created this universe. I mean, something that we just can't even begin to think about and keeps it in perfect order all the time. So take heart because he's overcome the world. So what do I put my trust in then, Pastor? Well, you don't put your trust in the script that you're living now because that's going to lead to pain somewhere along the way. Put this down. Write it down. Put your trust in. In the writer of the script. And I started, should have capitalized that S of the script, the scripture. Folks, I'm not, I'm not sitting up here um, pretending that trusting God is easy. Because I know it is a very hard, difficult thing to do. And I know a lot of you in here may feel guilty because you feel like you don't trust God enough. And there may be pain in your life. And listen, even now... After all these years, 50 years plus, and all them years of being in the ministry, I still struggle now and again with trusting God totally with what's going on in my life. Anybody with me on that, by the way? Okay. I know we're not alone. So, but I'm going to point you, I want to tell you a quick story. I love telling stories from the Bible towards one, and I'm going to encourage you to investigate this later on if you want to. His name is John. He goes by John the Baptist. That's so we don't confuse him with John the Methodist or John the Presbyterian. All right? This was John the Baptist. And in Matthew chapter 11, it says this. John the Baptist, who was now in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah, that's Jesus, was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah that we've been waiting for? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Now watch this though. He says this. He's in prison obviously. He is not only about to die. He's about to be killed. And he's not just going to be killed. He's going to have his head chopped off. That's what's going to happen. And I'll guarantee you that nowhere in John's life script would he have written that. So here he is in prison, and all of a sudden now he's saying to his disciples, go back to Jesus and find out if you're really the Messiah. Are you who you say you are? Because, folks, listen, whenever John was outside the walls of that prison, before he went there, some of you know this, John knew exactly who Jesus was. Twice he pointed at him and said, that's the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. That's the man that has to increase while I decrease. 
that's the man that I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. That's what John said about him. John is the one that paved the way for Jesus to come, who said, man, I, I can't baptize you, Lord. You need to baptize me. But he did anyway. But now all of a sudden he's in jail. Now we go back to verse 4 of Matthew 11. Here's what happens. Jesus told them, the ones that came, you go back to John, tell him about what you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And you tell him, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. You got that in your mind a little bit? Can you see in your notes there? When you read that, do you know what Jesus doesn't say? You know, I always like to do that. But do you know what Jesus doesn't say? He doesn't say, go back and tell John prisoners are being set free. He did that another time or place. Prisoners are being set free. No. Go back and he doesn't say that. Or go back and tell him, I'll pull a few strings and get him out of jail. He said, no, go back and tell him the God who has been writing the script for your life and his is still writing the script. God, what's going on? I've served you my entire life. Oh, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm glad the lame are walking and I'm glad the crippled are walking. I'm, I'm glad that people are cured and, and blind can see. And I'm thrilled about that. But, Lord, what about me? I mean, you can almost imagine John going through his script thinking, man, there's a page missing in here somewhere. But here's what John, John's happened. He's actually hit the last page. And at the bottom of that last page is one that I saw many times in that script they gave us. And it says this, fade to black. Fade to black. In other words, it's going to end there. Because we find a couple of chapters later that John had his head cut off, put on a platter, and paraded around at Herod's birthday party. God wrote the script. He said, well, preacher, what could we do? What's, what kind of advice can you give us about this? Well, about trusting God in difficult times. Here's my advice, and here it is, and it's not mine. It's much better than that. It comes from the life of Jesus, the prayer of Jesus, the unthinkable is going to happen to Jesus tomorrow. He's going to die on a cross. So the night before, he takes and goes to a garden and he prays. And in that prayer, are you with me? In that prayer is where we're going to find the answer. And I want to warn you, you may be discouraged by the simplicity of this. But if you'll think about it, and if you'll be challenged for the rest of your life, for the difficulty of praying this way and really living it out, the response is anything but easy. So let's read that. Mark 14, the night before he's crucified, he's in the garden talking to his disciples. And they came to an olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be filled with horror and deep distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here, watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him 
might pass him by. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, this unscripted problem. Yet I want your will and not mine. The God who can do anything with the script refuses to do the one thing here that his son requested. And, and it's like Jesus is begging him, Father, would you take this unthinkable away from me? And he doesn't. So an innocent man is going to die a brutal death. But here's the key. The death of Jesus was not the end of the story, amen, that God was writing. Because if you let that soak in, it would actually be, whoa, whoa, look at this. In some ways, the unthinkable, the crucifixion, was just the beginning. And because Jesus trusted in God and faithfully played out his part and didn't fall away whenever things seemed to be falling apart, 2,000 years later, we get to play a role in God's script and know him as our personal Savior. Why? Because the unthinkable happened on the cross. Folks, if you don't get anything else today, if I could leave, you, leave you, this with you, Jesus prayed six words that are life-changing. If you would genuinely live them out every day, I want your will, not mine. That's hard, isn't it? I've prayed that many times. Yeah, I prayed that this week a time or two, going through some pain. Lord, if it's possible, take this away. But I want your will. And I prayed that because I don't know, I didn't know how it was going to end. But I want your will and not mine. It's okay to say to God, Lord, could my script please be this way? Lord, I, I don't want this to happen or that to happen. But I want your will, not mine. Praise God that he has a script that he's still writing. I don't want to live by my script anymore. And I, there's people in here I know that you've been through this. God, I can't believe that he or she has got cancer. I can't believe that. I'm crushed. My soul's in anguish. Lord, you're the God that can do everything. And I know you can heal him or her. I just don't get it right now. And as difficult as it is, I'm just going to step out in obedience and say, I want your will and not mine. And just leave you one kind of last thought here to think about. God never promised us glee. He promised us glory if we trust in him. It really comes down to two prayers, church. A prayer of control. God, I want my will to be done. I want my script written. Or a prayer of surrender. I want your will and not mine. Which of those two prayers is going to characterize your life? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that all of us would be different people because we're here today. It is so difficult to trust all the time and in every situation. We don't get it all. We don't see the script. 
but I pray that we would be men and women who walk out of here today and every day saying, I want your will, not mine. Thank you that you love us even when we doubt and we struggle. And we ask for that in the name of Jesus. And now this series that we end today, it's all been about trust. And it's really all about giving him everything. All to him I surrender. All to him I freely give. And I will ever love and trust him. And in his presence daily live. Let's stand and sing that together. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I right now in church with all these people around us have the faith and courage to say, Lord, I do. But it's going to be this afternoon and tomorrow and the next day where we have to live it. So help us with the struggle. In Christ we pray. Amen. Have a great, great day.